Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Reformed Meditations. I'm Lee, and I'm happy as always to be joined by Kobe Munsey. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Wow, I'm fantastic. I was telling somebody earlier today, we've officially achieved sweaty boy summer in the Buckeye State. Oh, today. God. oh it's that way here, too. And uh, uh, for those that don't know, I'm in the great state of Tennessee here. And it's, uh, oh, I, t- I told somebody, I said, man, I go outside and walk around for long. I, I start smelling like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you are what you eat, or at least you smell oh, like man. what you eat, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it's, but in all seriousness, it's, it's, uh, it's miserable. It's, uh, I think our heat index was like 105 today or something. Yeah, um, I think ours was a little over 100, and the, the real temperature yeah. was like 93, 95. Yeah, it, it got up to, 97 here today um Mercy. it's 91 now uh and it's evening here it so. was so hot i almost made iced coffee today but i didn't <laughs> uh, there, there's always there, you should always make iced coffee <laughs> you have hot coffee when you first get up in the morning then you have iced coffee for the rest of the day i love iced coffee so. i do too I've, and i've got a real uh uh laborious not laborious but a, a very detailed way to to make it at home uh, that I really enjoy. I'm, so I should. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure it involves measuring and all kinds of water temps and particular waters and yep. all the things. So. Divisions of hot water and ice and oh yeah. Yes. But do you have yeah, to have the good a, ice that doesn't taste like a freezer? That it's like fresh ice. And yes. I just don't have that right now. And I, I can't degrade the taste of the coffee with with uh, smelly ice. Well, do so, you do you not do you not just freeze some of your coffee and just use the coffee as the ice? If I ever made excess coffee and didn't drink it all, I would probably do that. But we should just make it a point to do that for your ice coffee sometimes. Oh man, you're you're tempting me here, Kobe. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> My coffee setup is like like a science experiment, and so I'm yes. always I'm always kind of looking at like a new experiment to try. And that's one I've See, never tried. You, you know, you could do it like, you know, people that drink whiskey, they have like these molds that they have for like their their ice <laughs> that they use. You could do you that would, for your coffee. Just get you, a, you know, one of those big round. You know, you know what's funny? Molds. I have literally done that. I bought a silicone I, mold that made like the big, like yes. the big whiskey ice ball. Yes. I could totally fill that with, with coffee um, and freeze that. You could. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Just like slightly warm up some milk and pour it over that ice ball. There you go, dude. You're killing me here. (laughs) I'm so thirsty now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, enough about coffee. I've already run us off topic and we barely started. So we are continuing our study in Hebrews. uh, and, And congratulations to us. We're beginning chapter four. Yay! Making excellent progress through Paul's letter to the Hebrews. <laughs> Paul's sermon. Paul's sermon to the Hebrews. And <laughs> <Given> by Luke. <laughs> We're going to make this theory the the standout theory That's for, right. for That's authorship. Right. That's right. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> I have my trusty LSB in front of me, so uh, I'm going to read. Uh, I'll, I'll read verses one through 13. How's that? Sounds great. We'll see how far we get. 
Therefore, let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have fallen short of it. For indeed, we have had good news proclaimed to us, just as they also. But the word that was heard did not profit those who were not united with faith among those who heard. For we who have believed entered that rest, just as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken somewhere in this way concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news proclaimed to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again determines a certain day, today, saying through David, after so long a time, just as has been said before, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken another spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has, has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall into the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are uncovered and laid bare to the eyes of him to whom we have an account to give. Here ends the reading. That was great. um you know it's funny whenever um i do my devotions i've I've been using my um esv rebind that i got from jeff rice but when i prepare for this i pick up my lsb and i'm like i miss this bible i I really like this bible i like this translation you know it's a it's it's a great translation, but what I like about this Bible is that it's red. So anyway, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> it does. It does. I have one of the but, Skyler uh, Nasby Quintels that is red with the blue under silver art gilt. Oh, uh, the Superman <sighs> or Spider Man? Yeah, the Spider Man. Man, it is yeah, beautiful. Huh? It is. It <sighs> is. Love that thing. But in, in this text too, I, I love the the LSB and how it renders. Um, a lot of the the verses and how it just the way it's translated um, to me it's a very very good translation um, yeah I'm a, I'm a huge fan I, I thought I, I would be but but the more that I read it the more I interact with it the more I come to like it see and that that's me I, I wasn't sure if I would be or not I knew I would like it but I wasn't sure how much I would like it and then I get away from it and I read my ESV. That's what our my church uses and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I pick it back up again. And I'm like, man, this is so good. This is so good, you know. And I was trying to read this uh, passage out of the ESV. And I was like, I mean, it reads well. But again, I, I, I hate that the ESV does not capitalize the OT when it's in oh. the new New Testament. Yeah. Now it does it does indicate like there are breaks, you know, where it shows you, but but like if you're reading from certain um certain text blocks, it may not like the topaz, you mm-hmm. wouldn't know because it's strictly verse by verse and 
that's just how it's laid out. So uh, same for my preaching Bible, the ESV preaching Bible, verse by verse. It's just, there it is. So, but anyway. Those extra touches do make a big difference. It does. It does. Crossway, if you're listening, get on it. <laughs> Better ribbons and take care of that typographical problem. <laughs> yes. Hey, man. <laughs> especially to the ribbons. That's right. Especially to the ribbons. Ribbons are trash. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so you, uh, how, how's your fear these days? <laughs> how's your fear? Oh man. My fear, my fears is, is of the, the Lord and the Lord alone. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes I look at myself and the things I do and I'm like, but am I really scared of him? I should be. <laughs> oh, you know, so it, the word, the word fear, especially in scripture is, is, kind of trippy sometimes because you know like we, we have the sense of being afraid and then mm-hmm. there's like the the reverent uh respectful um fear uh exactly and you know I, i've seen again we, and we've talked about this issue in the in previous episodes but um like with this verse fear lest while a promise remains of entering his rest any one of you may seem to have fallen short of it again used as like a way to say that that you can fall short of it so so fall fall so far short that that you actually lose your salvation and again i just i just don't see it that way uh, no. this is like this is the proving this is a proving ground uh it's it's showing who believes and who doesn't right do you have that fear? Do you not have that fear? Uh, right. And, and, you know, part of it, part of it is it, when I think about it is, you know, I, I want to in the, in the, the, in the second sense that I mentioned, I want to respect and I want to hold reverence for the rest that I have in Christ meaning the reconciliation that I have with God that has been meted out by Christ. So I want to, I want to respect that. I want to hallow that to use a very old word. Uh, I want to hold it as precious to me, but at the same time, I want to care so much that I would fear of losing it. If I could, I don't want to take it for granted either. Right. Right. And and I think, um, Excuse me. I think, especially in our circles, um, the Calvinistic reform circles, you see, you see that today. Um, people that are hyper grace or hyper Calvinist, mm-hmm. um, you know, they think, well, you know, hey, I can do whatever I want, you know, because grace has got me. So, you know, let me just go out and, you know, oh, I, I did this. I no big deal. You know, it's like grace a libertine approach to life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they take the Christian liberty a bit too far, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and it um, that that is scary, you know. And I, I yeah, there's a there's a fine line there. You gotta you gotta walk that line just perfect, um, because you know I, I've mentioned it before. You know, to quote MacArthur, you know, if, if we could lose our salvation, we would um, totally would. And, and like we talked about before, where's that? You know, how how would you live like that? You know. 
thinking, well, what is it? You know, what is the one sin that oh, where God's up there going, okay, well, you did this. I'll let that slide. Yeah, you did that. I'll let that slide. Oh, wait a minute. I can't let that one slide. That's it. You're out. You know, I mean, you know. It's preposterous to think about because God can't, can't consider any sin. Like all, to, to a certain degree, all sins are equal in that they're all worthy of eternal punishment. That's right. So if that's the case, and it is, then it shouldn't matter what you do. You, I mean, we'd have to be repenting and asking for forgiveness of our sins, which we should anyway, but forgiveness of our sins and to, you know, Out of desperation. Christ again. Yes, yes. And in effect, <clears throat> saving yourself by doing that. Like yes. you have to have the presence of mind to repent of every sin in order to be forgiven. So yes. in a sense, you get some credit for that because you had the presence of mind to repent of every sin that you've committed and had right. the ability to recall that. Right. I can't say I, I, that I, just, I ever have had that ability, you know? Oh, no. There no, are sins of mine either. that plague me today that never plagued me in, or, or, or bothered me in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you could do something and, and forget about it. You know, I've sure. done something, you know, and prayed for forgiveness, you know, later on that night, you know, or whatever. You know, it was before I go to bed, I'll say my nightly prayer or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. may not ask for forgiveness for something I did, but a few days later be like, wait a minute, I did this the other day, you know, and then pray for it, you know, because you just yeah. don't it, remember. Because it grieves you. Right. And, but and if, again, if that's you, that's the proving part. Like, yeah. if it didn't grieve you, then there's something, a deeper issue at hand, you know? Right, right. And it's not the fear of, you know, and, and I'm sure some people could take that and say, well, see, then you think you, you know, you can look, no, I don't think I could lose my salvation. That's not why I do that. Mm-hmm. I pray for forgiveness out of obedience because I'm right. supposed to. But could you imagine? Oh, I forgot to pray, you know, for forgiveness for that sin. And then got up the next morning, drove to work, got killed in a car wreck. And now I can't get into heaven because I didn't pray for forgiveness for that sin I forgot about. <laughs> right. It's, I it's mean, almost laugh, a, it's, it's like a Roman Catholic belief, you know, like if you uh, didn't go to confession, then, you know, you're yeah. all loaded up with sin. You you haven't unloaded it by confessing at the confessional and, and doing your acts of penance. And so right. it, it's a similar thing just without all the extra falderol on it. Yep. Yep. And, and it's so funny, you know, when people accuse the 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 reform folks of carrying over tra- uh, Catholic tradition sometimes. Hmm, oh, really? sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. what about that one? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, for sure. But yeah, you're, you're right. The, 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 and I almost, I mean, I know we need to use fear, but I almost would, you know, rather just say be respectful, you know, mm-hmm. have that reverence of God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, reverence and know. all. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you just think about it, you know, I mean, you look around and you look at creation and, you know, I mean, maybe this is just how my mind works. You know, like I feel like I live in a, you know, very pretty part of the, you know, the country. We have a lot of mountains and things like that, you know, and like I live near a lake, you know, and you can see the lake and, all, and I'm like, you know, God made that, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. who, who am I, you know, to, even, you know, not to be fearful and mindful of him, you know, um, it, it's just, you know, just to know that people are like that and don't think about him and don't have any reverence for him and, you know, and just the things that are done in the name of Christianity today. And I'm like, yeah, you guys <laughs> are, 
either really stupid or, you know, really deceived. Um, yeah, you know, and rebellious. It, it just, yes, it, it just, it bothers me. And I'm like, you know, but by the grace of God, that could be me. Well, you know, you know, so it's funny you bring up bring up those those people who are who are deceived and um and and sinful because I have a question based on verse two here uh, or or a thought to play out and I want to get your get your take on it. So so we're told you know we've had good news proclaimed to us uh, just as they also who have fallen short of it. So there's there's people who have attained to it. And people who have fallen short of it, right? So right. we've all heard good news, but the word that was heard didn't profit those who were not united with faith. So it, it, it seems like the benefits of the good word, of the, of the good news that's been delivered to us, the benefits come to those who are united in faith. And I guess that's a that's a relationship to that stuff that I, I really hadn't considered before as like a matter of unity you know because we think about the benefits of hearing the good news as you know personal salvation redemption from sin uh receiving christ's righteousness for us but it's it's an act or or it's yeah it's an act of unity you know not only being united with with god but we're also united with each other as well. It's almost read as almost like one of those for you passages or, or right. you know, among you passages from, from the uh, epistles right. that, we, that we profit from the good news being united with faith among those who heard. So it's not just a me and God unity or reconciliation, but it, it, it's the church as well being united right. with, those who have also heard and right. that's that just am i am i reading too much into that that just really no, struck I, me i i really don't think you are because and i'll tell you why when i was um uh, and i've got it pulled up here when i was uh you know preparing for this i really like the study notes uh from the esv study bible on this um because the note for uh hebrews 4 2 that you just read says comparisons between the Exodus generation and the church continue. Both received the divine proclamation of deliverance, which is the good news, and both were called to respond in faith. However, the Exodus generation did not receive the promised benefit since they failed to respond in faith. Their failure serves to caution the Christian community against unbelief. Um, Hmm. And it says the good news of the Exodus included God's promised deliverance from Egypt, the covenant he established with his people and the hope of entering the promised land. And the good news for the church today, of course, includes the revelation deliverance found in, in Christ um, and the new covenant he's, you know, you know, set with us. But, but no, I, I don't think you are because, um, you know, you, you basically said that, but not comparing it with the Exodus generation yeah. church. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, I like how it says the Exodus generation did not receive the promised benefit since they failed to respond in faith. That it's not saying they didn't contrast. have faith, but they didn't respond in faith. Hmm. Um, you know, so again, this isn't talking about they weren't saved. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't, you know, Christians or whatever. You know, of course, I know the word Christian wasn't around in the Old Testament, but it is talking about how they failed to respond in faith. So they had the good news and they had the deliverance, you know, or the good news, but they just didn't respond correctly to it. So instead, they, um, they continued to quarrel and dispute with God and with Moses all the way through. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, <clears throat> I think that's, you know, this is timely, too, with um, what we see a lot of today of uh, um, people deconstructing. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I, we've talked about it a little bit before, but, you know, the whole, you know, I, I think this kind of applies there because, but my thing, but, but at the same time, I got to figure out how to word this properly. <laughs> I, I think this applies because I think they hear the good news, but I don't think they receive the good news. Yeah, there's a difference. Um, there's a difference. There, there is. There is. And so they definitely don't respond in faith. Hmm. Um, you know, like now, I, I don't know um, if you've seen the latest on uh, uh, Lecrae, but, you know, he he's one that people are kind of applauding because he went through a deconstruction phase but he came out on the good side of it mm. where he still believes in god and all that but he's not attending church right now. and i'm like okay is he really on the good side then <laughs> right. i mean i don't know i mean I, I you know i don't know the man personally or anything but you know of course we know how it is on social media you know um, well, and, of course and it's gonna be- forsaking the gathering is a huge problem yep and yep. for for a certain segment of the deconstruction crowd, that is like forsaking the gathering is the answer <laughs> to their deconstruction. Oh, I'll yes. just have a personal relationship with God, but I don't either. I don't feel safe in in particular kinds of churches, or <laughs> or I have a uh, or or I have a, a, a political problem with uh-huh. with the church as as it exists, and so I won't be part of it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, lone wolf it out here on my own. And yep. that's how you get eaten alive. Yep. You're right. And, and this old preacher, I wish I could remember which one said it, but one from my childhood used to say, you know, he goes, when I invite people to church, they'll say, well, I don't want to come because it's full of hypocrites. He said, my response to him was always, well, go ahead and come on in. One more ain't going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've already got a whole room full of them anyway. One more is yep, not going to so spoil that's it. That's right. So you just join on in, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to ask you offline because I don't want to mention this person's name on the podcast. But when you said uh, you can't worship with a certain group of people, I, I have somebody in mind yeah. Yeah. that said he's scared to worship with people of the opposite ethnicity of him. Right. And uh-huh. it's, it's so it's so silly because... It, it is. You've you've lost the whole reconciliation that the gospel brings. Yes. You've short. Yes. You've short. You've short. You've you've paid short shrift to the gospel uh, by doing yeah. that. Oh, man, yeah. absolutely. And you know, and, and and I think about this past Sunday at church. Uh, and for those that don't know, I live in a very rural area. Um, Hence your YouTube channel name, Rural yes, Bible Rural Re- Bible, Bible Reviews. <laughs> Yeah, I wish it was all rural Bible rebinds. I wish Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, <laughs> it would. Uh, I always want to say rebinds because all I think about is your your PTL rebind. <laughs> as you should. If you ever get to see it in person, you'll you'll really be thinking about it. But oh, it's so beautiful. But anyway, um, it um, 
you know, so my church that I go to is an all is all white, and, and it's not on purpose. Yeah. That's just who comes there. Well, we had a African American couple come there Sunday, um, and they've visited there from time to time. But it sounds like they're going to start coming regular, and, and they weren't fearful. They were mm-hmm. talking about how much they enjoyed it, and, you know, how they felt like, you know, God had led them there, and you know, and I'm like, gee. What a contrast versus what I see on social media from people that are, you know, the, you know, of, of their ethnicity. They're like, what is wrong with you? Do you not see all these white people? Don't you know they want to kill you? It's like, no, they no, don't. <laughs> we don't. That's not how this works. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's just oh, it's so sad. But, I, but you know, I'm like, what's what's wrong with with people? Why do they well, think this way? And if you don't if you don't believe that that actually Christ is sovereign over the church and is actively building it, then then you think that you can arrange the church according to your own ideas and, and yes. advertise for your church based on those ideas. And yes, you know, sorry to burst your bubble, but it's Christ's church, not yours. And he's going to call right. the people to individual congregations that he's going to call. That's right. And, you know, and, and two, you know, and I know people get mad at this when it comes to the social justice stuff and everything. But you know what united all of us there Sunday? The gospel. Yeah. People say, well, you can't just say preach the gospel. The gospel takes care of everything. Well, it kind of does. Kind of does. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, it you know, it. <laughs> It's the cure for a lot of things. <laughs> the the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. What could be? Yeah. What could be of a higher order than that? Yeah, and, and not saying that people won't struggle with things. You know, not saying it's the, you know, the sure. the miracle cure for everything. You're still going to struggle because we're in these, you know, these fleshly you know bodies. Yeah. But um, it can reconcile a lot of things. It really um, can. It can cover a lot of sins uh, or. Excuse me, mistakes as it was uh, today. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you let know, the you reader, know. let the listener know <laughs> what's being said there. But anyway, um, but well, and, uh, no, and you know, but it's, it's, and to kind of circle back to what we were, what we were saying, you know, the, the being part of a healthy church is so yes. important. And when when I'm, I can't tell you how many times that when I've been struggling. Uh, with something either struggling against my sin or, or, you know, some spiritual depression or, or whatever, how much the, the church, the, the people in the congregation where I'm a member have helped me in those times, even, even not knowing that I was suffering, yes. you know, that the good news came to me through them more times than I can count in ways that I would never have been able to even ask for or anticipate. Because God's good like that, and He uses yeah. He uses His people as a means to continue pouring grace upon grace on His people. That's right. So and being we're united to in faith. In to, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say we we are to live in community. You know, there is mm-hmm. you know you called it the lone wolf. There there are no lone wolf Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's yeah, that, why that, they're know. isolated sheep. That's really what I should have said. And and they're dead meat. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, the shepherd doesn't go, oh, well, that sheep's missing. Oh, well. Mm, Acceptable loss and write it off. (laughs) 
Yeah, let me just write that one off. No big. No, they go get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're oh. doing your spiritual health a disservice to 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 divorce yourself from the body of Christ. Oh, absolutely. To to it's, deprive yourself of as as it said here, deprive yourself of being united with faith among those who've heard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Go to church. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just do what you're supposed to. <laughs> Not that hard. <laughs> oh man. So that that's my ecclesiology soapbox for this episode. Hey, there ought to be like reform meditations bingo or something, because enough of this stuff comes up often enough that we could play bingo based on this. Hey, you know that um Chris Roseboro, Pirate Christian, does um uh, bingo, don't you? Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah. Oh, um man. actually Dwayne Atkinson's been on that a couple yes. different times. Yes. It's hilarious. Yeah, I always like watching those episodes because I always pull up the bingo card and play along. <laughs> yeah, I've won it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, I have to. I'm like, yeah. I won. Oh, <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> yeah, something something beneficial comes out of these heretics' mouths. <laughs> oh gosh, winning a game. Oh, it's so brutal. I don't know where he finds some of these people. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yes, we, we could easily play a game of reform meditations bingo. That'd be awesome. Um, so, uh, so as we continue, we're, we're getting into the subject of rest and I don't think that it's a coincidence that before coming to these verses, we've been talking about the church and, and corporate worship. Cause I, uh, I think that is part of the subtext here, um, beneath all this talk of rest. Um, uh-huh. because there's something else, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, we're anticipating rest, um, when, when this life is over and Christ returns and, you know, the new heavens and the new earth are, are fully inaugurated and all, all this good stuff. And they'll say, you know, that, you know, Jesus is our Sabbath rest, right. which, which I agree with. You know, but right. I think there's more. You know, I don't. Oh, I don't think we can just leave it to that. I think there's more, and I think we can kind of see some of that. You know, here because again, the the the, the smart logic of this sermon. You know, so in verse three, again, citing as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Right. So God's been right. resting all that time, but there's but there's a there's different, there's a different rest at hand right? for us. Yeah. Well, and too, and I think this speaks to, you know, how we should take Sabbath and take the rest, you know, seriously. Um, Cause I, I really don't feel like a lot of Christians do. No. Um, you know, they, um, you know, people today have this mentality of just go, 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 you know, and have to be involved in all these extracurricular activities and this and that, you know, there's times where I just enjoy just being home and just relaxing and just resting, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and we need that. We need to uh, recharge and, and, and do that for ourselves and just, you know, think about and reflect upon the goodness of, of God and what he's done for us. Um, you yeah, know, I read, I read in a book once, uh, that, that the, during the, uh, French revolution, there was a whole, you know, anti-Christian thing going on there. 
and uh, they they tried to they tried to change the division of time. So they changed like the names of the months, and they changed all sorts. Of, and they and they changed uh, the week. The week wasn't seven days. I forget. They they broke the week up into a different a different section of time. And anyway, people were just miserable and, and were sick because as it turns out, like one day resting one day in seven is sort of just built into us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a creation order kind of thing. And I thought that was completely fascinating because I I hadn't heard that before. Uh, that we can't no matter no matter how much we may want to we can't escape that cycle that that God's built not only into us but into the world. There yeah. are seven days, and and we should and we should rest one of those seven days. Yeah. Well, I mean, your body's going to catch up with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll, it'll end up shutting down on you. Um, you know, I, I remember I worked with a guy one time and he had a, you know, we had a full-time 40 hour week job. It was Monday through Friday. Um, you know, our hours were like eight to eight to five. Well, he had another job where he was getting up like at, I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning and going and delivering newspapers. Um, you know, before he came into work, well, he'd come into work and just be exhausted. Mm. You know, well, the first week or two was fine, you know, and he was a young guy, mm-hmm. but then you could just see it slowly, you know, just kind of wearing him out, you know, and I talked about some man, your body, you know, you need to rest, you know, it's not, and he started getting sick. And I said, it's because your immune system's not having time to recoup and, you know, mm-hmm. you're not getting the rest that you're wired to get, you know, um, well, eventually he quit the newspaper gig and, you know, just started, you know, <laughs> back to his just regular 40 hour week job. And he started feeling better. I said, it's amazing what a little rest will do for you. <laughs> it, it, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> no, no. Or, or brain science. I mean, you know, <laughs> but I mean, what, yeah. What a thought <laughs> that yeah. you needed some downtime. Yeah. What a concept. Right. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's just how, like you said, You know, it's funny, you know, and again, people that don't believe in God, I'm like, well, you know, he made the earth in six and rested on the seventh. And then it's wired and ingrained in us to do, you know, to work and do what we need to do in six and rest on the seventh. I mean, you know, we just, it's just how we're built. And it's funny. The earth was made that way and we're made that way. Hmm, but that's just a coincidence. <laughs> right. The, There's the, big, no, the big bang. It's just part yeah. of, you know, how things yeah, got there was, layered out. Yeah. No divine architect or anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it just kind of uh, happened. Silly pagans. <laughs> I know. <sighs> but yes. Um, so, you know, a, the the logic on on the on the sabbath question um setting aside one day in seven goes on you know because because we're reminded in verse four god rested on the seventh day from all his works and again in this passage they shall not enter my rest therefore since it remains for some to enter it 
and those who formerly had good news proclaimed to them failed to enter because of the disobedience. He again determines a certain day today, saying through David. Uh, so it, it's interesting. So this this today language, you know, mm-hmm. to to a certain degree, you know, we're we're talking here about an actual day of rest, one day in seven, which which we would call the Lord's Day. But on a deeper level, we're talking about the rest that comes with reconciliation with God. Right. And to do it today, you know, there's no there's no reason to wait. Uh, don't be disobedient. If you hear the word, then enter his rest. Believe right. the good news. Uh, repent of your sins. Be forgiven and rest. Yes. And that's rest so and- counterintuitive to how we think. Yeah. Well, I mean, today is the day of salvation, you know, and, and there's never a bad time. You know, you, you don't have to be at church. You don't have to walk an aisle. Right. Um, matter of fact, you don't I have to walk a sawdust trail. No. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I think it's better if you're not in church and walk an <laughs> aisle because then you're probably told to repeat some silly prayer that's not in the Bible and mm-hmm. ask Jesus into your heart, which is also not in the Bible. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, it, that's why, and again, I know we I bring him up a lot, but that's what I like about what Daryl does, uh, mm-hmm. the happy Presbyterian. Christian, sleep well tonight. You yeah. know, again, it's that rest. We should sleep well at night knowing that we have our rest in Christ. And if you don't, you can have this same rest. You know. Yeah. You can be content, free, finally. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and not saying that you're not going to have troubles, you're not going to have issues. And, you know, it's funny. I was when you texted me earlier today, thinking that maybe we might have to postpone because you know you had the, you know the the storm come through and everything. Uh-huh. Well, I had plumbing issues yesterday. Oh no. Uh, yeah, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna read some more tonight. I don't, I don't have time for this. Well, thankfully it subsided. You know, the, you know, I was like, am I gonna have to text Lee and postpone this? You know. But, <laughs> But not so not saying you're not going to have things come up still because you will, but you still have that ultimate rest and knowing that, you know, no matter what, you know, you can have your, you know, your plumbing issues, you can have the storm come through and you have to go and, you know, pick up limbs and clean up your yard and do whatever, but you still can sleep well. No, because because that rest that you're in Christ, that rest travels with you even in your work. Yeah, because we don't have to work to make ourselves approvable. We work to show ourselves approved. You know, we have the approval from God, and and we're showing it because He has given us uh, our vocation. Uh, He's given us all these responsibilities in our lives, in which we show our contentedness in Him, our obedience to Him, and in our desire to live the life that He's called us to live. Not only just Absolutely. as Christians, but as you know, mothers and fathers, as uh, managers or employees, you know, whatever spheres of life, as an elder or deacon or churchman or churchwoman, you know, we have all of these uh, roles that we've been called into by God, and we can take that rest with us into all those vocations because we we aren't doing those vocations to earn something from God we do them because we're already in that position by his grace. That's right. And that's, I think that's an aspect of rest for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're not striving to, to gain something or, or to, to get one over on God so that he'll owe us. It's, it's out of joy. Yeah. Yeah. And obedient, obedience. obedient joy. Yep. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Like we can get one over on God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, because there are weirdos that think like that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Sure. You're, you're a neurotic mess. <laughs> Yeah. Get over yourself. Quit playing yes. games. Yeah, you're you're not as a big of a deal as you think you are. <laughs> you're not Ron Burgundy. And again, it's it's <laughs> you're not Ron Burgundy. <laughs> kind of a big deal. And it's freeing to not be a big deal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to be a big deal. I don't want that pressure. Yeah. Well, and, and you know from that from that repentant um, heart, that repentant posture, you know, we can hear that as, as it's been repeated again and again in chapter three and now chapter four today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. That's mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do. Absolutely. You know, cause I, I've received the grace of God. He's forgiven my sins, given me Christ's righteousness. He's given me a vocation to walk out as a witness uh, of the kingdom and of his power why would I want to harden my heart to that? You know, I have God as my father. Christ is my right. brother and savior. Why would I ever want to bristle up against that? Right. Now, right. there are times when the flesh wins out over my desire to be obedient. But but again, you know, we're not going to, the, the Christian isn't going to double down on that and continue to do worse and worse. We're grieved by our sins and repent in in our obedience and love toward our savior. Right. You know, and <clears throat> looking looking at these next uh you know, few passages or few verses here, you know, especially verse 6, um it ties into what we were saying about losing our, you know, your salvation and how a lot of people like to use Hebrews to mm-hmm. you know, prove that you can if you look at verse six, I'm like, ah, that proves that you can't. Because if you read it, it says, therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, talking about the rest, and those who formerly had good news proclaimed to them failed to enter because of disobedience. Now, you could take that a couple of different ways. It could talk about, you know, like the Exodus, you know, whenever, you know, they were trying to enter the promised land, well, they didn't get to because of their disobedience. Or you could take that as, you know, you had the good news proclaimed, but like you were saying just a few minutes ago, but you didn't take it. You know, you didn't take that gift. You were disobedient and didn't take that gift. So you don't get to enter his rest because of the disobedience. Mm-hmm. Um, so no salvation for you. <laughs> um, kind of like the soup soup guy. That's right. <laughs> said what he's called, but better not. <laughs> no soup for you. <laughs> but. But again, it, but it's not talking about a loss of salvation either, though. Um, it's talking about not entering his rest because of disobedience. So even though we're Christians and even though we've been forgiven, we can still be punished. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. For disobedience. For our chastened, you know, as sons. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, I feel like that's what a lot of this where people think that it's talking about losing your salvation. I really think it's talking more so about disobedience, Mm -hmm. you know, and being, you know, punished for it or, 
or, you know, or just not being a believer at all. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the heading of this, um, this section of, of, of scripture here, it's called the believers rest. <laughs> yeah. The believers. Not, yeah. Not the believers, then the unbelievers. And they were the believers again mm-hmm. because they lost it. You know, they had it, lost it and found it. Uh, you know, no, it's the believers. <laughs> yes. Rest. Yeah. So that's key. But anyway. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it says in verse nine, it, it well yeah. in verse eight for again, it, the logic comes through. If Joshua yeah. had given them rest, he wouldn't have spoken of another day after that. So obviously exactly. this isn't just, you know, all oh, they came to the promised land. The rest of God has, has been accomplished. You know, there, there's a, an actual fulfillment of rest on the last day that we look forward to and that we get to have a taste of every Lord's day. Right. Yeah. The, the Lord's day. Oh man. If you don't go to a reformed church, what are you even doing with your life? (laughs) It really does. It really hits different. It does, man. It just, you know, Worshiping God in the in the proper context, the call and response, the the singing of, of either the Psalms or theologically rich hymns, not Seven Eleven courses. Um, <laughs> right. You know, which if you don't know what that is, it's the same seven words repeated eleven times over and over and over. Yeah. Um, you know, taking you know the Lord's Supper. You know, uh, weekly. You know, having the wow. yes, having the gospel. Yes. I mean, forget quarterly or monthly or no, do it weekly. You know, reading a, a, a corporate confession of, you know, the way we do it, we have a call and response. And then we, you know, sing, you know, sing a song and then we, you know, have prayer and then we repeat the Lord's prayer together. Oh, cool. And then we, we have, you know, scripture read to us and uh, again, and then we, you know, do a public confession where it's usually taken to the Valley of Vision or Book of Common Prayer or some, somewhere where it's like a confessional type prayer. Mm-hmm. And then we take a few moments of silent confession. And then we have a, a, a another scripture read to us. And then we sing some more. And the gospel is proclaimed through his word, not through testimony or through, mm-hmm. you know, Dreams singing more songs. Yes, not. Yeah, it's the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, and then we have the Lord's Supper, and, you know, we have another song and then we were, you know, sent out with a benediction. You know, it's it's just it's totally different. Instead it's of, so metal. You know, oh, it's it's so good. It's so righteous. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, and because it's all it's all scripturally done. You know, yes. it's, it's done according to what scripture prescribes. Um what we would call the regulative principle of worship doing only doing the things that scripture commands us to do in corporate worship. And it really, yeah, it is refreshing uh, relying on those ordinary means of grace. No, no big stunts, no shows, no pageants, you know, it's just machines, lots, you know, (laughs) the hottest, the hottest trendy Christian worship song written by some of these cesspool of, uh, Gnosticism, uh, worship and, bands, yes. Um, uh, no, in, instead you get to focus. You get to major on the majors, the means of grace, yes, the things that God has promised to 
communicate his grace to us and and feed our faith. Yes. It's soul food. And again, it, so it comes much. back to the scripture. And like like mm-hmm. it says in verse 12, you know, the word of, of God is living and active. Yes. The, the traditions of men are are dead and still by you know comparison to do compare and contrast. Um, the the whims of our culture and what our culture finds cool is is actually stale right. and, and becomes dated and irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. It, so it's, why it's, why chase know, that stuff when you've got the yeah. word of God which is living and active? Yes. And, and when you you read the language that's used here, and again this is this falls on the the proof that we think that this is Paul here. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Paul was very, um, he was very good with metaphors, uh, very and good. very good with explaining things to people that they would understand in that day and time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and you see where it says, you know, when like you said, verse twelve, for the word of God is living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow. You think about that. That's a pretty dang sharp sword. That's that's like surgical scalpel level. Yes, to cut through the joints and the marrow of of someone, you know. Um, like it says in Acts, they were they were cut to the heart. Yes, I mean that's what that reminds me. You of. know, that's very sharp. You know, um, and you know he says soul and spirit, but then he goes to joints and marrow because people might not understand. Well, what does he mean by soul and spirit? Oh, mm-hmm. joints and marrow. Oh, because mm-hmm. In that day and time, it was not uncommon to see somebody lose a limb sure. or lose a head, you know, yeah. by, you know, the way, you know, they punish people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or really so, crude surgeries. You know, if somebody has a gangrenous yeah. hand or foot, and they just chop yep. it off and you get to see what's going on inside that leg or inside that arm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was no penicillin or mm-hmm. antibiotics back then. The antibiotics was the sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then and then you just burn burn the stump, you know. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But but again, like out. you said, he's a. If this is Paul, which you know, uh, I lean toward, Paul is a master of metaphor like that, and and especially good at metaphors relating to the body too. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses those both in Ephesians and First Corinthians and elsewhere in the epistles too, to mm-hmm. understand the work of God and in the work in the church. Uh, as the way that a uh, that the body works, pretty pretty interesting and pretty effective. Yes, absolutely. Because that 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 really, you know, no pun intended, but that really did cut me. You know, it, it did. I mean, it, yeah. Like it says, it pierced me. You know, I was like, "Ow!" I was like, "Man, joint and marrow. That's that's sharp." But that's the word of God. And you know, it's funny because, like, you. you know, if 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 we're fortunate enough to remember like our conversion experience, or maybe the way that it felt, you know, when when we embrace reformed theology, sometimes it did feel like a physical change, you know, yeah. like you, like you felt the, the weight of that, um, that revelation physically almost. Um, yeah. Like a, either like a weight being lifted off. That's, that's how I felt when I was first convicted of, of, um, of reformed theology, you know, it was like a weight yeah. had been re- removed from my shoulders, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you're right. I, I feel like, and and I don't want people to, you know, don't hear what you think I'm saying here. I'm not comparing 
when I came to grips and grasp of Reformed theology with my conversion experience because they're not the same. But it it was refreshing in the same way almost. Um, yeah. Because it's like, you know, I just got a grasp of it and understood what it meant. You know, it's like, wow. You know, and, and I've shared this before. I don't know if I've ever told you, you know, but people, when they go through, you know, Reformed theology, they have a hard time with, um, you know, the um, the elect or, you know, um, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of, yeah, huh, that, that's not good. I don't like that, but it's what it says. So, okay. Yeah. I didn't really wrestle that hard. Um <laughs> Because, you know, like I said, I keep falling back on Jacob. I love and Esau. I hate it. I'm like, why do you love Jacob? You know, why do yeah. you love me? You know, I don't get it. But, yeah. you know. There wasn't yeah. anything particularly lovely about either of you or me. No, no, no. <laughs> At all. No. <clears throat> so, but, but, yeah, you know, it, it does. Like when, when you do believe and, and you repent of your sins, you know, you feel, you know, you, you have that sense. My sins are forgiven. And you might not understand how you receive Christ's righteousness, but you do. Um, and, and it feels different. Again, you're, you're, you know God in that moment. You know, you've met God. God has changed you. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the way that some people describe, like, almost like a second conversion when they discover the doctrines of grace and become convicted of it. Because, you again, you're, you know, you're learning more about God and knowing him deeper in a deeper way. Right. And, and that's that, that you know, it's like getting hit by a truck. You're never the same again, you know, <laughs> except well, this and, is and, like being hit unto life, you know? Right. And it's beautiful because then you, you, you know, we've all seen, you know, uh, the question asked before where uh, someone will say, well, what were you taught growing up in church that is not in the Bible? Um, you know, and I remember, you know, always hearing, you know, you need to ask Jesus to come live in your heart. You know, you ask Jesus to forgive you for your sin, live in your heart. You know, and I got to thinking about it, you know, as I got older and was studying, I was like, wait a minute. Jesus told his disciples that he was leaving them so that the Holy Spirit could come. Mm-hmm. Um, how's he living in my heart when it says the Holy Spirit indwells me? <laughs> And it doesn't say I ask him into my heart. It says I repent of my sins and believe the gospel. That doesn't say come live in my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, just like that song, you know, he lives, he lives, uh, you know, and he lives within my heart. And I'm like, he lives in uh, heaven. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he sits. Yeah. uh, Apostles Creed much. It's it's Um, even better. He sits at the right hand of God, the father almighty. Yeah, and from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. <laughs> yeah. That sounds a lot better than uh, than than what that song says. <laughs> yes, that song is trash. If we're just yeah. honest, he's, he's theologically present with us, but yes. the Holy Spirit is is uh, is living in us. That's right. Yeah. So so yeah, coming to grips with Reformed theology, like you said, it was is comparable because then it opens up Scripture to you in a whole new way. Yeah, in a refreshing way. Certainly did for me. I highly recommend it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> big recommendation here, guys. Reform yeah, theology. You should the check name. it out. 
Yeah, hence the name Reform Meditations. Right. At least I put it on my sleeve, you know. I'm not hiding. Right. <laughs> Maybe I should change the name of my channel to Reform Rule Bible Reviews. <laughs> it could be a cool acronym. Uh, I'd probably lose some followers <laughs> for some subscribers. <laughs> Speaking of that, as we bring this episode to a close, how about you tell the the good people where they can see you talk about the Bible online? You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Royal Bible Reviews. Um, I'm doing weekly. I try to do weekly. I missed a couple of weeks uh, trying to get my schedule back intact. But uh, I try to do at least once a week a video uh, where I talk about a Bible. Um, you know, and it's not always the same translation. It's not always a premium Bible. Um, but just, you know, reviewing a neat little Bible that you may not of you know thought you needed but once you watch my review you might be like you know what i need that bible uh, <laughs> but no it, hopefully i can help someone you know pick out a bible that they're looking for um you know that's the goal of the channel is to uh someone to be interested in a translation or a bible that um you know maybe they didn't know they were curious about but now they are and they'll get it and fall in love with it and want to read it more um because we all need to read our Bibles more. I can tell you that. I know I do. Me too. Excellent. And, and the link to your channel will be in the show notes as well. So we'll make it super easy for the listeners. Thank um, you. And while you're in the show notes, you should also check the contact points for Reform Meditations. It's mainly mm -hmm. Twitter at Ref Meditations. Uh, but there is also a Facebook page you can go to. Um, subscribe on, on the podcatcher of your of your choice. You can use your free will to choose a podcatcher and go click subscribe <laughs> on the show. Uh, while you're in the show notes, you should also check out the website to the bar network. Uh, and while you're in that podcatcher using your free will, you should really subscribe to some of those shows. Cause you will, uh, uh, you will richly benefit uh, by the content on the bar network. It's a great, a, a great pod, podcast network to be part of really happy to be part of it. Um, yeah, I can the show to that. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're a big fan of the bar network. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to, I was going to give a shameless plug to, to one of your uh, podcast uh, people, uh, solo, uh, solo cast. Yes. I was listening to them today and they've got a good episode today that um, I think everyone should listen to. It's about exploiting children. Excellent. And it's not in the ways that you may think of. That's the going thing of, you know, children being exploited sexually, but it's uh, the way the church does it. Mm. And, Yes, people in yeah. the church can exploit children. Go listen to it. Yeah, Jimmy from SoloCast has been on Reform Meditations before talking about a psalm. Uh, I should find that and, and share that. Um, oh, great, should. great guys. Yes, they are. They Love are. their show. Uh, yes. You should also check out the uh, Exiled House of Meme Lords as well, because as I say in every episode, <laughs> the Reformation will be memed. And they Amen. have been on a tear in June. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, after all, it's it's Rainbow Month. It's the, uh, the month that we support the Noahic Covenant, and right. uh, <laughs> and they've they've been they've been going hammering tongs against the culture this month. I've been really proud of them. doing a great As job. They should yes. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace. <laughs>